Well, hello and welcome back. Thanks for taking the time to log on and listen to um, my official first installation to the Andrell John Charles podcast. Um, I am so excited to actually be sitting here with you today and just launching out into the deep. I don't see land on the other side. I just see water ahead, but hey, I'm going to launch. So here we are. Today, um, I have finally found the nerve, the time to sit down and actually put forth what um, has been running across my mind for the past couple of weeks. And so today, um, as a first installation, I will actually be sharing on the topic of fears and failure. Isn't that a bummer, guys? That is not exactly what you probably expected. You were expecting something. I don't know what, you know, maybe I would have talked about the Raptors because, yes, I'm a Raptors fan hailing from Toronto here. But no, I'm actually going to talk about this topic of failure and fear. And um, it's not meant to bum anybody out, but it's actually meant to um, maybe bring things to the forefront of your mind. Um, things that you may not even be consciously aware is happening. And I I just wanted to get into that topic. So I actually dubbed this um, session, The Dance of Fear and Failure. So I'm going to just give you a little background information on why it is I um, decided to go with this topic. So You guys likely heard my first brief introduction with the plans to start the podcast. And what you don't know is between the day I recorded that one and today where I'm sitting in this room recording this one, I had many, 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 many rescheduled appointments in the podcast room. Yeah, it you know, I found myself scheduling and I was pretty intentional about how I scheduled. I really was strategic even. I considered, you know, timing and what would work for my family and how could I minimize disruptions. And I did not realize that the main disruption that I needed to manage would be myself. So here I am being very strategic and and well thought out. I'm sorry, I really think it was well thought out. And yet I still found a reason to reschedule constantly. So after a certain while, I had to ask myself, what is going on? If you know me, you know, I love to dig deeper. So I had to say, Drell, what's going on? What's happening? Why do you keep rescheduling? And I think what I came to terms with was I had this feeling of anxiety surrounding the idea of putting myself out there and possibly not, um, not, I don't want to say failing, but not doing as good or as much as I hope to do. And the fear started to stop me in my tracks and I didn't even try. So as you can imagine, that didn't work well for me. The thought of, of, you know, not doing something out of the fear or the potential in, you know, what could go wrong really bothered me. Um, And so 
that was the main inspiration to bringing up this topic because it, it got me thinking about how will I plan to confront it? Um, because fear um, is something I'm certain we all encounter on a daily and in different at different levels, but nonetheless, it's there. And the the idea that we keep encountering it, be it at different levels, tells me that it is something that needs to be worked through and not put aside. So today, that is me showing you how I work. Today, it is me showing you how I work through it. So in order to kick it off, I wanted to share some quotes. Um, Another disclaimer, I'm a quoting queen. I love quotes. I just love quotes. Sometimes you're looking for a way to describe something and somebody already said it perfectly. So, you know, I'm not about trying to work harder and, you know, recreate the wheel. If somebody said it and said it well, I'm, I'm going to quote you. So today's first quote is from none other than Michelle Obama in her book, Becoming. In the fourth chapter, she says, failure is a feeling long before it becomes an actual result. It is vulnerability that breeds with self-doubt and then is escalated, often deliberately, by fear. And so, end quote, it was so perfect. Um, When I read that and heard it as I listened to her book on Audible, it, it struck a chord. It struck a nerve for me. The thought of walking into failure because it was actually conceptualized, it was mapped out unconsciously in your mind and mapped out from a place of fear. Fear, you know, serving its purpose of trying to protect you, granted, but nonetheless, it actually allowed you to set a platform. So you set a stage of failure because of your fear and you walked right into it and there you go, boom, self-fulfilling prophecy. You failed. You knew all along. Of course. You know what they also say? They say, if you believe you can't, you are absolutely right. And it's true. So if you think you're going to fail and that's what's at the forefront of your mind, that's what's going to happen. You you know, when you're driving, when I was learning to drive, they told me wherever your eyes are, that is where the car will go, right? I wanted to believe otherwise. (laughs) I don't know why. Um, And to this day, sometimes I still test that theory. And what I've come to discover is that truly, if my eyes are on a billboard that is to my left, my car will start heading left. If I'm looking at the driver next to me at my right, my car will start going right. So here you are now in this mindset of failure, you know, it's of course it's not I'm not saying that everybody strives to fail but the mindset is there the fear is creating this this feeling of failure it's almost like we're bound to head there um that that ain't cool so for me I had to kind of get to the point like what is going on and what is this fear I'm feeling what am I combating and how how do I fight this how do I for me to know how to I need to know who my opponent is and when I was considering the fear that was that was stirring me up in terms of um, wanting to run away or avoid I had to understand what was this opponent before me and what was happening so what I've what I figured out or what I've come to terms with and 
granted there is no scientific backing to this um, and maybe there is if there is I will um, come back and, and uh, share it with you guys but when I considered fear and where it would come from I realized that there are three possibilities fear can be instinctive fear can be learned and fear can be developed so let me break that down instinctive fear very healthy Every animal in this kingdom of the world has fear intricately or instinctively inside them. So you realize when there is a predator, somebody bigger, larger, that risks your safety or your livelihood, you know how to respond. And the fear kicks in to activate that awareness, that that ability to respond accordingly. That's a very healthy fear. And, you know, (laughs) that's a fear in the horror movies when somebody just kind of says, no star, I'm running, (laughs) I'm I'm, out of here, right? That person instinctively knew something was wrong and I'm at a disadvantage and I'm not about to set myself up. So interestingly enough, this fear actually leads to success rather than failure. Wow, right? So while fear and failure dance, fear does not necessarily automatically indicate failure, right? Keep that in mind. Put that on the shelf. We're going to get back to that in a minute. But we have fear as something that is instinctive. All right, boom. Fear as something learned. Have you ever considered the messages that you may have heard growing up, be it culturally, be it in your, in your family nucleus, be it around your friends, in terms of the limitations you know, things that you're like, no, nah, that ain't going to happen. No, nah, that that just don't happen for us. You know, you know, that's for them over there. Or, you know, in this house, this is how it goes. Right. You are taught a, a boundary or a limitation. And because it's it's reinforced, because it becomes this worldview you have now, all of a sudden, anything that falls beyond that boundary is something to be scared of because it's never been anything presented to you as something that is attainable or possible or you're right. Forget about something you can achieve. It may be something you think you're not even allowed to have. And that's a whole nother story. And we'll get into that maybe in some future podcast. But all of a sudden, anything that falls beyond the lines of that boundary that was drawn, that was taught, now becomes something to fear. So that's fear being learned. And then we have fear that's developed. Fear developed is this idea. Let let me give a very simple example. If I started driving and I happened to have three accidents, I'm just putting a number out there. And the accidents always unfortunately involve someone else where maybe I was in the right of way. um, But unfortunately, you know how it is. Collisions or accidents happen that now I've developed a fear of driving. I've developed this fear because there have been a series of um, events that has now caused me to rewire my mind to think that if A happens, then B, A plus B will lead to C. So I'm now gonna believe that A and B are negative and I'm never gonna I'm not going to engage in that any longer. So I've now developed a fear. It could be it could be systemic racism. It could be the same the fear that someone feels as an African American when a cop pulls up behind them. 
there's a fear, right? Um, It's both instinctive, but it's also been developed over the course of the years with everything we've seen that's been happening, unfortunately, in the media. Now, it would not be wise for me to not have a healthy fear um, because I want to be alert and I want to be aware and I want to be on so that I can ensure the interaction goes well. So those are fears developed. Okay. So once you understand the, you know, from once I understood the three potential scenarios, I had to figure out which one was it for me. So I'm going to put it out there for you. I don't know if you have something that you're trying to get done for yourself. And now you're realizing that the delay isn't connected to resources or, or, time or whatnot, and you're actually realizing, "Hmm, maybe it is me, I'm going to challenge you to think of the fear you may be feeling. And I'm going to challenge you to dig a bit deeper and ask yourself, is this a fear that's instinctive and that's healthy? And that is the right thing for me to do at this time? Or is it something that I've learned over my life? And now I'm now I'm now living out this limited life because of fears that were embedded in me? Or did I develop this fear and now I'm at this standstill and I can't move forward and progress the way I want to, right? Just consider it, consider it. So for me, you know, I had to come to terms with it was developed, right? I I had to understand that so much has happened and this is something that I'd wanted to do for a hot minute um, and life and challenges and obstacles and disappointments kind of had me just like slowly backing away just a little step just just one little step back and then eventually it's 25 steps back and you're so far from that thing that you were straining to go for that all of a sudden it feels even further and more impossible so for me it was developed over the course of time time is is something that can be used to your advantage It could um, make you believe that you've lost opportunities and you can't redeem yourself. But here's the thing with time. When you mourn time, you don't realize that you're just extending the list of what you're mourning because here you are sitting in time mourning about something you could have, should have done. And now you're sitting in the now mourning. So tomorrow you're going to mourn today because you didn't do anything with it today. And so for me, when I considered the developed fear, I decided, all right, enough, enough. It stops now. And I didn't do what I could have done, but I'm going to do what I can do. And it starts now. So something that encouraged me as I got to that, that realization was we are hardwired for growth and development. Um, and it's, it's a muscle. If you don't use it, you lose it, right? So I'm realizing I wasn't using it, but I frequently, um, you know, talk to other parents because, you know, I, I'm a, I have two children and um, one of my one, one of my favorite sayings when a parent expresses concerns about something a kid does. I always say, well, you know what? I don't know that I've ever heard of a kid doing that in their dorm in college. Right. Like the kid who's still on their binky or their pacifier. I'm like, I think he'll be fine. I don't know that I've ever seen a grown adult sucking on a pacifier, it'll work itself out with time. But we, we have this whole, we can only see the now, but we don't, we, one, we forget 
the process it took to get to where we are today. And so if you think of a child, when they were learning to walk, they didn't get it right the first time. First of all, they, they probably observed a whole lot and watched and got to understand their body. But when they got up and tried to figure it out, they took a few falls. That baby didn't say, I'm all good. I ain't trying to do this. I'm going to let you pick me up for life. No, they got back up and tried, right? It's instinctive. It is instinctive in us to try to learn, to grow, and to develop. Now, if we allow our fears, be it instinctive, developed, or learned to to kind of warp our thinking, now we're at a disadvantage. And that thing that is natural to us will start becoming very faded and difficult to engage in. And so... That was, that was something that I had to kind of re-engage and reactivate in my mind. And it really did help me reconsider what is this thing I'm afraid of and how do I confront it, right? So quote number two. Yes, I do have two quotes. Actually, no, I have three quotes. But quote number two, I'm going to read it to you and then I'll tell you who the amazing person was. Fear has always been valuable in my life. Without fear, without doubt, without discomfort with what we're doing, what is there to overcome? Those words were spoken by the amazing Serena Williams. Wow. If you have a chance and you have some time, she has an HBO um, documentary series on her life um, during her pregnancy period. And this is where she's uttered those words. She was sharing, you know, this this obstacle, this new thing she's experiencing, becoming a mother and juggling and managing um, being an athlete. And I was blown away because I think there's this assumption when we look at people on those levels, when we look at, and I'm going to use athletes, you know, it's simpler, even, I mean, politicians, um, amazing people, inspiring people. You look at them and you make the assumption that they don't experience fear that they are bold and just get up every morning and get it done. The reality is these people experience fear, but here's what they do. They use it differently. Where I wanted to use fear and allow it to freeze me and paralyze me, Serena recognized the fear because, she, first of all, you know, I, I granted, you know, I'm not going to dismiss the fact that she had the privilege of combating fear from a young age and on such a large platform that you you figure it out. You do. And I'm glad she figured it out. She's an inspiration. She's amazing. She is someone that, you know, you can look to and kind of and kind of be inspired. Not kind of and be inspired, right? So she was able to use fear as an indicator that this is something new that's going to require more and may require me to um, develop more resilience to push through. Because here's the reality, reality from moving from, I want to win my first grand slam, right? Or forget about that. I want to get ranked in tennis. 
that's a fear factor you got to jump over because now you got to believe in yourself and that your skill sets will allow you to play on that level. So you get ranked. Now your next thing is you want to beat a certain caliber of player who's already on a certain level. So there are different steps, right? So your fear just leads you to the opportunity to, to fight another fear. Isn't that amazing, guys? I'm not trying to say that fear will disappear, but guess what? You're going to be allowed to be scared on the next level. Level, and you're going to have something to look back at that'll tell you, you did this. This is scary now. And yes, feel the fear, but you've already done it. You've, you've done other things that tell you that are indicators of how strong you are. So, so here, Miss Serena is fearing, um, having fear and using it as an indicator um, and, and as a means to push her to become an overcomer. So I, I listened to that. And, you know, of course, like any other situation, whenever you're in something, I promise you, it's like the thing you're, you're wrestling with mentally or just kind of really trying to figure out, just a, it keeps popping up everywhere in the book with um, Michelle Obama and on this, on this um, documentary with Serena Williams. I just kept hearing this issue and topic of fear and failure. And it was like, Andrell, you can't hide from this. You need to, to address this. So, so here I am now looking at Serena Williams and deciding, am I, am I going to let fear be a motivator and an indicator for me that this is something of value to me and that it is worth me putting my effort, my time, that, that's, that for me is more constructive with fear. I think using fear as a deterrent takes away the intention. And, and I'm, I'm trying to change and morph my developed fear into an instinctive one because it's good to have fear because one, you're sharper, right? Your adrenaline kicks in and your mind is clear and you can create a strategy of direction. Fear can, can elicit that in you, right? So I, I'd, I'd much rather turn my developed fear into one that is instinctive, and that's what people like Serena Williams has been able to do over the years. So not that she's now avoided, she's gotten a clear ticket, you good, you ain't ever going to be afraid again. Lies, lies. Fear will always be an integral part of our lives. Now how we choose to manage it is crucial. That is what is the key component to figuring out how to push, push past it all. So what does that mean for me? I had to sit with it for a bit and tell myself in light, and, and I went really concrete. I, I think that's a strategy, guys. I really want to encourage you to, to try to use a very specific, concrete thing in front of you to help you get very um, concrete steps that you will take in order to ensure that you daily combat the fear that tries to keep you back, right? So for myself, I chose to do three things to help me manage my fear. And I'm going to share those with you. Number one, I'm committing. I know you're like, you're rolling your eyes right now. I heard that before, commit. That's just so abstract. I'm going to do it. Let me tell you, I'm going to give you a visual. You know, when you go to the hair salon, sorry, gentlemen, this is for the ladies. When you go to the hair salon, you get in and you see... (laughs) You see 10 to 15 people. And I'm sorry, this is an African-American experience. I'm going to just lay it out there. You get in there, you may see, you may see 
10 people in front of you, and sometimes even less, but I promise you, they all have a towel around their head. Because you know what them hairdressers do? They wet your hair, so now you stuck. You can't leave. You can't say, I'll come back another day. They wet your hair. They maybe put in something to condition it, and they just sat you there, and they said, I'll be right with you. Now you locked in. You are committed to the process of getting your hair did. It may be an all-day affair, but you can't back out. And what I'm suggesting to you right now to confront your fear, you need to find out what is that hair wedding scenario like for you? Is it an accountability partner? Is it signing up for something that has given you a deadline by which you have to respond in terms of a class or um, a responsibility that you're taking on? Is it engaging in a group community? Because, you know, I can't speak for everyone. For me, being in a group, Uh, I feel responsible because I have other people depending on me. So I'm less likely to bail when I'm in that setting versus when it's just me alone. What is the scenario that has you wetting your hair and stuck in that salon and having to do it, having no choice but to get your hair done? What is it? That is how you will commit. You will find that thing, that person, that strategy that will allow for you to not be able to back away from what you are setting for yourself. That's the number one, okay? Number two, feel the fear and listen to what it's telling me. So this, this, this requires a little of reflection, maybe journaling, however, or maybe it's processing it with a friend, maybe. But I want to suggest to you the idea of exploring the fear instead of just feeling it and responding accordingly by not doing what it is you set out to do, I want to challenge you to hear it and hear it for what it's trying to tell you. Is it trying to let you know that there are deeper insecurities that you have to combat? It's not saying to you, um, don't do it, but it's letting you know that you have deeper issues that are maybe beneath the surface that you need to confront and address as you engage in whatever it is you're doing. Um, Is it that you are unprepared, unorganized, and you need to put certain structures and systems in place? Is it that you need to find a mentor, someone who can help guide you because you are feeling feeling adrift, you feel like you have no sense of direction? What is the fear trying to indicate to you? When an animal is in the wild, there's this thing that they freeze. Initially, they freeze so that there can be some clarity in terms of what is around them. Either one, that they can camouflage in the area they are and be kept safe. There can be a clearer sense of where is that sound coming from? What direction do I need to head in? So the fear isn't bad. It's an indicator. It lets you know that something needs to happen for you to progress and move forward. So I want you to pause, feel the fear, and listen to it for what it's trying to tell you. Because I promise you, in listening to the fear, there will be clarity in the next steps you need to take and it will allow you to progress as opposed to stay frozen and not advance in where you're trying to get going. The last thing I want you to acknowledge and listen out for the other emotions that are being drowned. So the fear is so loud, you hear it pulsating in your ears and you can, you're frozen, you're, you're, Tummy feels all bad. You, you think you need to use a restroom and it's just like you are feeling everything negative pertaining to the fear. But guess what? 
I'm pretty sure underneath the fear, there's also a level of excitement. There's also anticipation. There's also this wonder of what is this thing I'm embarking on? Where will it take me to? How can I grow this? There's so much connected to it. And yet the one feeling that we give so much attention to and so much weight is placed there is that feeling of fear. I'm going to ask you, after you've processed the fear and what it's trying to tell you, I'm going to challenge you to lift it up and set it aside. I'm not saying stop being afraid, but I want to give you permission to feel the other stuff because those other feelings are the best indicators of where you are trying to go and how it will keep you true to yourself. If you're excited and if there's a level of wonder, you know that you are feeding you and you are feeding that passion you have versus if you are just giving the fear, the the limelight, all of a sudden that thing that's really you isn't getting fed. And if it ain't getting fed, you know what's getting fed? The fear is getting fed. So who gets bigger? The fear and your passion, your identity is just shrinking. So I want you to listen out to the other feeling. It's possible that those bubbles in your gut are actually butterflies. And it's this level of excitement and not just fear. So listen to the other emotions beneath it and give it a chance. Give it a chance, feed it, feed it so that those feelings could now maybe grow and be more on par and balance with the fear that you are feeling versus the fear controlling everything. Those are the three key things. Um, Ultimately, there is one major thing that I am choosing to apply to help me mitigate my fear, the, f- the failure I, I contemplate that could potentially happen. And it's me telling my inner critic to have a seat. It's me telling myself, I'm going to be bold and I'm going to go forward despite anything that I may be hearing Because here's the reality of it. I'm not hearing it externally. This challenge, this battle is internal. And so my inner critic needs to be checked. And to do that, I had to to turn to Theodore Roosevelt. And his man in the arena, quote, had me speaking to myself. Because while myself is trying to protect me, It's also preventing me from engaging and being bold and going forward with what I would like to do in my life. And so I'm going to end this podcast with that quote. I didn't, I just started it in the area that I think I know my inner self needs to hear. And I hope it's encouraging for you as well. And it reads, The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, 
because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotion, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly, so that his or her place shall never be with those cold and timids who never, who neither know victory nor defeat. I realize that, you know, different platforms, different levels will bring on different demons. For me, the idea of myself being the, the oppressor and being the aggressor preventing me from moving forward had to be dealt with. I had to check myself and I had to push myself. So me sitting in this chair, first of all, even talking about failure and the dance with fear is me shutting my critic down. I hope in the process I was able to help you shut your critics down, maybe help you consider what um, is in your way or if it is you in your way. And I hope that you will no longer consider fear in the same way you did before. Fear isn't our enemy. There are other, we have plenty of enemies around us. We don't need ourselves. We don't need to be our own enemies. And we don't need to use things that are given to help guide and navigate us to become our enemies. I, I, would, I would like to leave this podcast with a challenge. How do you reframe your fear? How do you reconsider what it's, how it serves you and how do you make it serve you? So fear and failure, guys, they don't have to be interchangeable. It's your choice. Thanks for tuning in. Looking forward to the next installment. I feel a lot better, guys. I do. <laughs> so thanks for sticking it out with me and uh, see you next week. <laughs>